Talk Radio 570 KVI. It's KVI Want to Know Weekends. KVI Want to Know Weekends. Get ready to raise a toast with Seattle's most spirited hour of talk, Happy Hour Radio. Explore the best in Washington wines, beer, spirits, food, and more with your guide, Seattle sommelier, Christopher Chan. It's Happy Hour Radio, right now on Talk Radio 570 KVI. Well, hello, Seattle. Hello, Puget Sound, and welcome to Happy Hour Radio. I'm your host, Christopher Chan, your advanced sommelier, your weekend wine guy, and your baron of brewskis tonight. I've got uh, a great show lined up for you, and it's all about the Elysian Fields. Uh, one of our hometown heroes in the brewski business is uh, sitting across from me. i got David Bueller, co-founder of Elysian Brewing, and we're going to chat up about, uh, well, heck, it's been 20 years. Where does time go? They're having a big anniversary next weekend, uh, June uh, 11th, I think it is, or 12th. And we'll, um, well, let's get right to it. David Bueller, welcome to Happy Hour. Oh, thanks for having me, Christopher. Appreciate it. Hey, so um, pleasure to meet you. Um, I had the pleasure of having your master brewer on about a year ago, and I know things have changed a bit, but uh, you got started in the beer business. Um, are you a Seattle guy? Uh, born and raised in Princeton, New Jersey. Ended up out here uh, for college. I went to Whitman College in Walla Walla. Okay. Followed a girl to Seattle. I never left. <laughs> I left the girl, but I stayed in Seattle. <laughs> I see. So were you were a missionary, right? Is that what the Whitman uh, f- guys fight, were? Fighting missionary. Fighting please. a missionary. That's right. They would uh, you know, turn those Native Americans into Christians or... <laughs> or ceremony, a burial ceremony. slope right there. It is. Uh, well, very interesting. So um, back in those days, Walla Walla was known for uh, the best of asparagus and onions and culinary cuisine. And uh, what, three square a day and uh, hopefully a couple d- uh, hours in the prison yard, right? Well, there wasn't wine yet. No. <laughs> Um, of course, we have our friends Gary Figgins and uh, Rick Small and Marty Club. So those late 70s, early 80s obviously set the, the tone for the future, which is now. But um, you were mentioning that you were actually in the wine business prior to beer. So let's go back. Tell me about uh, how you got started in alcohol. Well, it's funny you mention um, Marty Small, who owns uh, Lake Hall 41. So um, it started with Believe it or not, Preston Winery. You know, I started tasting their wines, and the, this would be, I want to say, the 76 Cabernet Vintage, and, mm-hmm. and thought it was great, and was developing a little love for wine. Um, and I met Baker Ferguson, who started Lake Hall 41, and he's one of the great guys in, in the world. I believe he's passed on, but, but Baker would invite you to his house, and he always had something new to try, whether it would be an Alsace or something that I'd never had. And through him, I uh, kind of developed a palate for wine. So I moved to Seattle after college and was looking for a job and ended up at Snoqualmie Falls Lodge as a restaurant manager trainee and uh, took over the wine program. Uh, worked there for about a year and a half and, and got into a fine wine distributorship uh, that is passed on, but really got a chance to taste the world's best wines and sold them. Found that I had a affinity for sales and loved loved the wine business. Moved on into a position with a company called Vintage Northwest. They had Hogue Cellars and Covey Run, which became Quail Run for, for national distribution. And I had five states. So I spent my time uh, going from town to town, doing wine tastings, doing um, you know uh, uh, 
winery nights, like we have brewers nights now, I would do you know winemakers dinner with the winemaker. What year was this? This would be 1985. 1985, okay. Yeah, we had the Enological Society in Seattle back then, and they were doing some big things. Yeah, it was a pretty great time to jump into an industry with such um, fabulous people and fabulous pricing growth curve. So that was really, you know, my my mo at that moment. I, I went into the wine business right as Washington wines blew up, and really had a, a fabulous time for a number of years. Uh, you know, being a traveling wine salesman. <laughs> I then started my my own uh, sales consulting company, primarily with wineries. And one day I was looking at the shelves in a, in a local retail store, probably a Safeway, and I saw a number of beers that I didn't know, um, one of which was Rogue Ales. I ultimately became their first sales rep. Um, my business then grew to include a number of different brands. It was becoming a national marketing company for, for breweries, not wineries. Wow. And at a certain point I realized that I would be looking for new clients my whole life in this in this business model. <laughs> but if I started my own brewery, I would own my own my own brand. And so I started thinking that that would be a, a pretty good um, idea. I was in my 30s, and uh, right around then I met Dick Cantwell, who was brewing at Big Time, and his friend Joe Basaka, who is now our CEO. And we got together in 1994 for the first time, and kind of the rest is history. That's cool. So I didn't know uh, the big time uh, connection there, because I went to UW, and that was our brewery du jour, our brewery of the year down there, and we would have burgers and big time beers. Yeah, so Fun Dick, stuff. Yeah, so Dick uh, got his first job at Duwamps Cafe. Oh, Duwamps, right. Then he moved to Pike, where a lot of great brewers came from. So if you look at the, legend, the legendary list of brewers that came out of there, uh, from Fal Allen to Jason Parker, who owns uh, a distillery down the road now. Um, Copper Works. Copper Works. Um, and the list goes on. Uh, Dick then went to Big Time, and that's when we started talking as, as being partners. So he had some, some pretty good chops. Um, and then the trio, the real idea was that, you know, Joe was working as a banker and he was a home brewer. I was a, I was a sales rep um, and, and Dick was the brewer. So we were able to raise the money because we had kind of the three legs of the stool, right? right. We had sales, we had money, and we had beer, you know. Um, <laughs> you had production, distribution, and uh, the banker guy who would do well, the books. You know, to kind of profile ourselves, yeah, that's, that's you know, we all, we all blended into other aspects of the business. But when you're trying to raise money and create a company, you kind of have to simplify things and say, yeah, this guy does this, this guy does that, and this yeah. other guy does that, right? <laughs> Especially the sales part. <laughs> you have a salesperson who's going to take care of that, because that's how you get to repay the loan back, right? you got to sell the product yeah. if you want to make more. Absolutely. Well, um, so we're talking about really 20 years now, and you've got this huge celebration coming up um, in uh, next weekend. Uh, tell me about that right away, and we'll get back into it. Well, you know, 20 years, It's that's kind of a... That's a crazy, crazy even thought to work somewhere for 20 years um, and also have founded a company um, that's pretty iconic and worked with so many hundreds of hundreds of great people that have worked with us, you know, over over those 20 years. So what we're trying to do is celebrate a little bit of our past. We're throwing a big party at Seattle Center with some fabulous bands. The bands are all raucous. Uh, we're really excited to have the Gits back. The Gits. Uh, and, ah, I haven't heard that name in a long time. Yeah. Well, Steve Moriarty, who's the drummer, used to work for us, and he used to book all our music back when we were a club in the day. Yeah. So in the in the early in the late nineties, uh, we had music every Saturday night, um, and it was it was you know Capitol Hill before it became Pike Pine. <laughs> uh, so fun speaking with David Bueller, one of the uh, the triumvirate of founders uh, who started Elysium Brewing. And how many locations do you have now? 
We have four locations in Seattle and a production brewery in Seattle. Oh, where's the production brewery hidden? Down in Georgetown. Okay. And uh, how many barrels of beer you guys produce in a month or annum or however, you, however the TTB wants to know? Well, each, <laughs> each brewery is different size. We have, we have a really nice flexibility in that. We have a three-barrel brewery at Tangletown. Uh, we have a, an eight-barrel brewery at Elysian Fields. We have a 20-barrel brew system at Capitol Hill. Uh, we have no brewery at Elysian Bar. That's just a just high-end cocktail bar with beer. Mm. And then our production brewery is a 60-barrel vessel with, with bigger tanks. All we, right. So if did, I go back, the uh, the pony keg's a quarter barrel, or the and then the 15.6-gallon or 7-gallon? 15.5 is a full half barrel. All right. So that's so, a half barrel. Got it. So we work in barrels. Yep. So we brewed approximately 72,000 barrels last year. Wow. All right. And um, I, obviously, uh, the world, the, the consumer world, the foodies and the, the drinkies, I'll call them, uh, we like farm to table. And uh, have, I'm sure being a brewery and having a, a plethora of wheat here in Washington and other grains, and what, what are you using? Are you, are you 100% local? Are you 360 local? You know, it's, uh, it's very hard to be 100% local. I yeah. think you'll talk to... to any chef and, and any person in the consumer product world, and, and, and they will say, we try to use as much as possible. Sure. Um, this is a fabulous state for products. There's, there's, there's no better state um, for a plethora of, of great uh, consumables, food consumables, and you know, from apples to grapes to, to wheat, as you said. Um, we, use, we, we use some Washington State uh, barley. Um, it's not specific because we buy barley from all over the region. Some comes from Montana and the Northwest. Um, it, you can buy it as such, and the, and the distilleries have to do that because 50% of their, of their mash has to be Washington only to, to actually get a micro distillery license in, in the state. Oh, right, yeah. Um, but the hops, you know, hops are grown in Yakima, and we have a relationship with all our farmers, so it's fabulous that two hours from here are the best hops in the world. How many different kinds of hops are, are, is Elysian using for all your brews, and, and how many brews would that be? So we produce at any given time six regular brews, a seasonal, we do four seasonals a year. We have a manic IPA series, so there's one manic. And then there's always something new, like I brought some bottles of our new manic, which is hubris, a, a, a very huge beer. And Saison Poivre, which is a peppercorn Saison. Saison Poivre. So we're always working on something new. So at any given time, we do 10 or 11 beers in full-scale production. So this is out in, in broad circulation to, to grocery stores and bars and restaurants around the region. And also well, all of your uh, outlets, too, correct? Absolutely. We always have our beers on at our, our, our outlets. But at the same time, we're brewing new beers at each of our locations all the time. So at any given time, there's probably another... 12 to 14 beers that we have available for our pubs, some that go into small-scale distribution. Ah, very cool. Um, so as far as hops go, are, are there, see, you said 6 plus 2 plus 12, is, so we're really looking at 20 different brews. Does that mean you have 20 different kinds of hops and, well, that's, and formulas? That's a, that's a great question. There are hundreds and hundreds of hops. <laughs> so there's, there's, you know, hops are used, um, I'm going to make it simple, either for bittering or for aromatics. Sure. They can be used for either. So one hop can be used for bittering, but also for aromatics. If you add it early in the boil, you're going to blow off, you're going to boil off all the aroma. So that's going to help help bitter the, the bitter, beer right? and balance it out and actually keep it shelf stable. Um, but if you add it late in, into the cycle, you know, you're going to go for the aromatics. And, right. and so there's specific hops for each of those, and, and some are, can be cross-utilized. 
Um, I mean, I'm going to guess we use 30 different hops at any given time. I mean, there's some that we that we use a lot of, like Amarillo, and I think most breweries in the country would say, yeah, we use a lot of Amarillo. It's, yeah. that, great, it's that grapefruit hop flavor. Okay. And then we use a hop called Citra in our Space Dust and a few of the I've beers. I've seen that one. And that's, uh, I think that was actually... Um, championed by Sierra Nevada for their torpedo. So that's a hop that has gotten big in the last few years. Interesting. Again, people love it. I was a home brewer for a long time, about, you know, 20 pounds worth of body mass. Home brewers have a difficulty, you know, running out of bottles, so you got to drink all your product, and that just leads to, well, higher tolerance and drinking more and brewing bigger beers. Um, but I remember Chinook and Kent Golding and Holler Tower and then Saz Hops. Are we growing any Saz Hops here in Washington? Or is that, you know, uh, AOP, uh, Appalachian Origin Protected? You know, that's a, that's, a, that's a great question. I would assume that there's some here, but... Probably can't would, call it Saz. I bet pro- that's trademarked. Pro- probably not. And I know that most of those hops are hops that we actually get from Europe. Yeah. You, you say know, maybe so it's Yaz because Yakima. Yeah, something probably, funny probably. like that. Um, so cool. I'm, I'm excited about this 20th anniversary. Congratulations. It goes by quick. And I bet you've seen a lot of different fads and trends in the beverage industry. Absolutely. So no, no Zima? <laughs> oh or is God. that coming back? No. no well, you know... Cl- you know, everything comes back. You got to watch out. You know, bell bottoms are next. So, um, z- 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 a cl- clear, um, what we call malt uh, beverage. Malt beverage. Um, I, yeah, people are playing with those again. You know, it's uh, there's so many fruit flavors out there, and as you just said, the demographics and the consumer preferences change all the time. There's a lot of fads out there that come and go. I mean, as we've shown, the the great local beers are not fads. The you know, craft beers are not fads. That's not going away. Yeah, it's a huge deal. And apparently, there's a, a high ceiling for for more hopped beers. I mean, talk about IPAs. It's like uh, YPA. I mean, there's so many out there. You know, you're right. At, at, it, at one point, I wondered if we could actually have more IPAs or even have more breweries, and, and the answer is I guess we can. Yeah, there's no shortage. And uh, like red wine, I think hops can be a little fatiguing sometimes on the palate. I've uh, certainly matured in my in my drinking habits, I guess, uh, from the early blush wines and uh, silver bullets now to, of course, um, big, bold, beautiful beers and brews as such. Um, when we come back from this break, we're going to actually dive into some of the uh, cool beers. And I want to ask a question, too. Think about this. Why in, in the brewery uh, industry is 22 ounces significant? I know that uh, you know in, seven, in, in the wine industry, we have 750s, we have 375s, and even some smaller sizes, even one. 1,500 milliliters, but 22-ounce bottles. Uh, I can't figure that out. Maybe uh, David Bueller can help me out with that, one of the co-founders of Elysian Brewing. He's on the show, and when we come back from this break, we're going to dive in. I'm getting a little parched myself, and this is Happy Hour Radio. Stick around, folks. We'll be right back on 570 KVI. He's back, and he's in charge. Kirby Wilbur, live and local, weekdays 9 to noon. Talk Radio 570, KVI. KVI, Want to Know Weekends. Time for another round of Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. All right, welcome back to round two. Hope you got something great in your glass. I'm looking at three beautiful glasses of golden bubbly ale, and uh, this is compliments of my new pal David Bueller, co-founder, one of the three of uh, Elysian Brewing, and they're celebrating 20 years of uh, brewing and grooving and cooking, and uh, you're going to have a rock and roll party at the Seattle Center. We are. It's been 20 years, and, and for the first 10, we did a lot of, a lot of music at, on Capitol Hill. 
Capitol Hill was a hotbed of of the music scene, and this in this city, as we all know, went through a great, great uh, years and years of just some of the best music, and still is, uh, just just rocking, rocking stuff. So we're going to celebrate with that. Uh, we've got the Black Lips, we've got the Ravenettes, we've got a band from uh, London called the Bing City Rockers hmm. um, that are about to make it big. We hear, um, and we have the Gits. And the key is all of these bands are upbeat and um, have wild energy. They're all unique, but they've they've got what we think is the energy that we've brought to the game of beer. And so we're super excited. And the key is all ticket proceeds go to charity. All right. What's the charity? A number of charities. We're working with Obliteride. We're working with... Um, the, which is the Fred Hutch um, big, yeah, bicycle, big fundraiser, right? right, right. Um, Bailey Boucher House. Oh yeah, good one. Um, That's HIV Hospice. Fisher House. Fisher House, which is the group that work with families of vets when they're at the VA hospital. Oh, right. So, cool. Um, that's the MO for the fundraising for the Men's Room Red. We've raised a lot of money for the Fisher House. It's a big it's Oh, a that's big right. You, made, you brewed a beer. Was that yeah. for the KSW? Yeah, we do that for KSW. <laughs> I can, oh. can I say that on this air? Of course. Okay. Yeah, I like KSW. always have. Um, Bloodworks is another group we're working with. And then the Red, White, and Blue um, Team Red, White, and Blue, which is another another military uh, All right. nonprofit for families of vets. All right, so this is June 11th. What time and how do you get tickets? Tickets are available. Please look it up online. Tickets are available uh, go to elysianbrewing.com. Uh, there's a link there. Um, they're $30. And again, all of that goes to charity. Starts it at? It starts at noon. All right. Um, and it, it's not going to be as much of a concert sh- it is a concert, but it's been an hour of a band, hour and a half. We have a lot of interactive stuff. We have a lot of old school things that we're bringing to the table to show um, what 20 years has been for Legion. We're really excited about this. That we're going to have 40, really 40 plus beers on tap. Um, of ours and guests, we're going to have a lot of old school guests, our friends that have been here as long as we are. Um, so, we're what, what venue in Seattle Center is this going to be? Is this going to be at the amphitheater? It's or? Uh, between the Fisher Pavilion and. And the, the fountain. The, and the fountain. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right Good outside. spot. That's yeah, a great perfect. spot. So tickets available at Elysiumbrewing.com. They're 30 bucks. There, 30 it's bucks. June 11th, uh, noon to 9 or something. Noon to, yeah, 8 or 9, yeah. And uh, you can, it's family affair. I can bring 21 kids. and over okay. for the beer. It's bring a big, old kids. big beer garden. All right. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. So bring your ID, and yeah. um, you'll have lots of food, I imagine. Cause we you have food trucks, and there's food there. But, yeah, we're working with a bunch of great food trucks, which this town has lots of. Yes. Uh, well, that's great. 20th, uh, we'll say happy birthday. You're going to sing happy birthday? Can we say? I'm sure, I'm sure someone will <laughs> sing it. I <laughs> I always like the anniversaries. I remember going to uh, Clipson Vineyard in, in uh, Benton City, the 30th anniversary. We okay. sang happy birthday. I mean, what are you going to do? You got to do it. You have any, you're not having cake, though, right? Someone will probably bring a cake. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there'll be cake. So fun. <laughs> All right. Well, um, David, before we took that break, I asked a question about the 22-ounce bottle. Can you help me understand why this is significant? You know, that's, a, that's a, actually a great question. And I'm assuming it's because of bottle supply. Oh. So when, when you're out there uh, looking for glass, there's certain styles out there. You just mentioned a bunch hmm. of them. And I know that this 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 22-ounce bottle, which we used to call the Bomber, uh, but the 22-ounce right. bottle's been around for a while. And um, I first noticed it, noticed it when I think Rogue was, com- was coming out with it, and I think Stone was not far behind um, having the single serve. And what's great about it from the beer, beer, steer, beer standpoint is that it's, it's a single serve. It's one bottle. It's not, it's not a huge <laughs> commitment to try something new. You know, it's 5 or $6. And, and then a six-pack is six bottles, right? So right. you kind of want to know that you like something before you can uh, – you, know, you want to date before you marry. Sure. 
So Unless you're on that television show. Or, well, then yeah. know, there's lots of beer out there just for you. Well, um, I'm excited. So we got three beers in front of me. Um, the first one you talked about was a, a French-sounding name, a Saison de Poivre. Saison Poivre. Saison Poivre, which uh, is the season of pepper. Well, yeah, this is a, this is a Belgian farmhouse beer. So Saison is the style, the Belgian farmhouse style. And traditionally, those beers were brewed um, with what was on the farm. So they were Holy they were spiced smokes. with things. And so the the ability to do almost anything with spice in a Saison is okay, right? Yeah. So so we, we've done a number of different versions of Saison. This one happens to celebrate peppers. So it's got red, black, green, and then pink peppercorn, which, of course, is not a pepper. Pink peppercorn is a nut. So I've, uh, yeah, and it grows on trees. Yep. And uh, I was really blown away. I was in Spain, and like they had this pink peppercorn tree. So what are these things? Really cool. So this is all peppercorn, not necessarily bell peppers or anything like that, or chilies. Yeah, it's, yeah no, it's, it's just it's, peppercorn. It's peppercorn. Um, I'm taking a sip. Uh, I love the bright acidity here you get from the Saison style. That's from the yeast. And then uh, that pepper note is on the nose, mm-hmm. a little more black and green on, on the aroma, but on the palate, definitely um, a complex layer of pepper. Reminds me, and I'm thinking I want that peppercorn ribeye with uh, you know the brandy uh, uh, sauce demi-glace and this would cut it right through it this Great. is fabulous with food uh, there's not many things I think you could serve that this wouldn't go with. You know, from sushi, it'd be great with sushi. Mm. Uh, be great with a burger. And it's you know? nice and light on the palate. It's not like a heavy beer. And because um, we, we're very used to that. When you think of uh, local craft dis- um, distilling, I should say, local craft brewing, they tend to be heavy because they're they're a little bombastic. They got heavy malt. They've got lots of hops. But this one is on the very uh, lighter side, more of an elegant with that fine herbaceous note of peppercorn. Well, I, I know the listeners can't see it, but it's a it's a beautiful pale golden color. So that tells us that that we've used pale malt mostly, probably uh-huh. a little a little pills malt. Um, and so there's nothing real heavy in in the malt in the malt bill, nothing really too sweet. And then the Belgian yeast uh, gives it a nice um, little bit of tropical notes come from the yeast. Um, and and it's light, you know. It's fermented out pretty dry. Um, it's it's stronger than you think. It's seven point three. So it's, oh well, good. You know, I always like could cake. catch up on you. <laughs> well, that uh, I, I like to be caught when uh, with my hands in a glass, uh, the cookie jar um, of Elysian Brewing. And this is on tap now, right? You can get this, or is this a bottle only? So this is on tap at our pubs right now. Um, it is just getting into the market. We just packaged this the other day. So over the next few weeks, you'll see this uh, hopefully out in your local fine. Um, Draft House and in most and most good beer sets out there. We've got uh, the Beer Junction in West Seattle where I live, and uh, that's quite the uh, homage to fantastic hops, uh, Reinheitsgebot or whatever. I'm, I'm sure they'll have this. And yeah. this is this is not Reinheitsgebot because it has the peppercorns. Yes, the of Germans course. Don't like like anything too weird. They do. And um, are these peppercorns steeped during uh, the the wort process, or is this sort of uh, a kind of a dry hop program? So now you're going to throw the marketing guy into the brewery. Well, um, yeah, you've got to. Like, write, I know, the, write the stuff on the <laughs> bottle, right? Isn't that all you? Not just you Surgeon know, General? Uh, I, I believe we're using this right at the end at the Whirlpool. Everything you know goes in right at the end of the Whirlpool. Again, we don't want to blow off the aromatics, uh, but we want to give it a little bit of heat contact. Uh, part of that is just stability. Yeah. You know, if you, if anytime you throw, some, throw something new into uh, a liquid, you want to make sure that you might sterilize it in case there's any anything <laughs> there you don't want. Yeah, some bad pepper. Uh, <laughs> wonderful. Okay, what's the second beer? It's a little darker hue. It's a little more golden color than the pale. So and... we're moving on to Space Dust IPA. Space Dust, man. So so this is uh, one of our newer beers. It's been around for a couple of years, and it's and it's it's become our flagship. People people love this beer. This is this is a big IPA. 
Um, it's it's 8.3%. It's hoppy. Uh, but the key with the hops, it's Citra and Amarillo. And I, I talked about those earlier. The Amarillo gives you that grapefruit flavor. And big yeah, surprise, Citra gives you that citrusy flavor. So um, it's it's bright and it's elegant and it's easy to drink. It's balanced. All our beers are, are balanced. That's what we strive for. At the same time, it's got some some power, both in, both in hops and malt. I've always, I'm really excited about a higher test beers that aren't necessarily dark in nature and aren't full, fully... Uh, you know, a hundred IBUs, and you know we're talking about international bittering units. I think having balance is is important when you use a, a lighter hop or excuse me, a lighter grain. This is all like otter malt or pale malt. Um, you know, uh, these are all pale. We use uh, a local two row, and then we'll always add a little bit of specialty malt, some Munich, maybe some some Dextra pills. Sure, um, the but- Munich malt. I remember that too. Um, so fun. So Space Dust, when did this come out, and how did you get the name Space Dust? Why is it Space Dust? So the story with this is the, fir- the first test, test beer of this, we used uh, a hop called Galaxy, oh, right. and we loved it. And, and so the name was Space Dust. Unfortunately, there was really not a lot more Galaxy to be had uh, in this galaxy. So, so we adjusted uh, using other hops, which which we can do. There's lots of hops out there, and we we try to do our best to get as close to that that first test batch, but using different hops. and And so the beer is going to be a little bit different, um, but people loved it. And it was one of those beers that came out as the Manic IPA first, and then it sold extremely well. But we didn't have enough hops till the next year, so we increased the amount that we sold the next year, and then we went into six packs when we could actually get our hop contracts out there, and and get more both of Citra and Amarillo. Now it's uh it's our number one beer. Ah, very cool. And uh, this is out and about. You can find it at both uh, on tap and um, in the bottle. Yeah, all over the place. Um, I love it. You've got the cool. Uh, it looks like such a cute little hop head. There is a little cone. I guess. Yeah, it is. it's a hop cone. Some people think it's an artichoke, but it's it's actually a hop cone. <laughs> you would. Uh, I'm surprised Jolly Green Giant's not breathing down your neck in some fashion because <laughs> you've got a little bit of that going on there. Uh, so fun. Well, we've got another beer to try. And actually, you brought uh, four beers all day or five. I can't count. Um, I'm not seeing double yet because it's not 10. Well, I opened two of the same. So we have three beers to try. <laughs> okay. So the third one is our new Manic. It's, it's, it's called Hubris. All right. Why the, why the term Manic? When we come back from this break, we're going we're gonna to taste that. But why Manic? Because we had a series of beers coming up, and we we're looking for some way to designate it as something different. Manic as in, I'm a man. As in kind of, we're crazy. You know, right. Wild and crazy brewers. Yeah. <laughs> David Bueller, wild and crazy co-founder. He's got the uh, the Jimmy Buffett look going on here on Happy Hour Radio. Stick around, folks. We're going to try some great Elysium beers coming up next on Happy Hour Radio. Start your day the right way. John Carlson, live and local, 6 to 10 a.m., Talk Radio 570, KVI. You're in the know with KVI Want to Know Weekends. Here's more Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. All right, Seattle, Puget Sound. Hey, it's time for round three. Hope you got something great in your glass. You're on your way to someplace tasty and fun. Uh, remember, folks, uh, take an Uber home, and that way you can party all night and just get your car in the morning. It's super, super easy. And uh, it's Saturday night. Um, I'm having a good time with my new pal, David Bueller, co-founder of Elysian Brewing, celebrating 20 years, uh, June 11th at the Seattle Center, noon to 9. Uh, tickets available at ElysianBrewing.com. They're going to have a host of live music, all, uh, all fun, uh, energetic, and 40-plus beers on tap. 
I'm not sure how you're going to get through that, but uh, tell you what, bring some friends. You can all share a beer in 48 time, you know, nine hours, at, uh, hour, an ounce an hour. Uh, it's a great way to go. Share with friends. <laughs> share with friends. Yeah. And uh, so, David, we were uh, enjoying um, our first beer was called uh, Saison Poivre, and that is the uh, Belgian-style um, peppercorn beer, which delicious. You also have uh, the Space Dust IPA, which... Uh, um, nice high test, uh, very balanced, and um, a nice light golden color. This third beer, tell me about this. So this is our newest Manic IPA. Um, and what we love about these beers is it gives our brewers a chance to experiment um, first off with new hops and after those get vetted in smaller batches from our small breweries then if we like it and our customers like it then we 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 grow it and do it bigger so this is this is a beer we've brewed a few times and it's kind of goes back to uh, our roots 20 years ago so it's got some of those classic hops it's got chinook Cascade, Centennial, yeah. and we use a lot of them over and over again. So there's 10 hop additions, meaning we throw hops in, and then we wait 10 minutes, then we throw more hops in, wait a little while, throw more hops in, then we get bored, we throw more hops in. So it, it's hoppy. Uh, it is am I, hoppy. Am I saying that it's hoppy? It's, it's quite hoppy, but it's not, to me, I think you've got enough malt here to, to balance some of that hoppiness, and it's not overpoweringly hoppy. Um, it's not like a, you know, a pine cone hoppy bitter fest. It's really, uh, let me take another sip. <laughs> you know, it's 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 great. It's great on the mouth. It's got great mouthfeel. Um, it's mm. it's spicy in the nose. It's a little astringent on the tongue. A little wine term. It's got a little bit of meaning, a little bitterness on the tongue, yeah. which wipes away the sweet flavor that you first get. Makes you want to drink a little bit more and get that sweet flavor back. So yeah. it's so it's a little circle. You drink a little more and it's sweet, and then it gets a little dry. Then you drink a little more and it's sweet and dry. Yeah, and, and we we, we like awesome. a dry finish, and it, it makes you thirsty, and you want that yeah. flavor to linger. But um, obviously, you want, you want to keep enjoying the beverage. So um, this again is called Manic IPA. Yeah. So our 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 fun hop series is called Manic IPA. That's where we use uh, newer things, so that's where we get to experiment to try to find what the next Manic is going to be. So every year we usually create a new one. Um, one of our uh, our last one was called Dayglow, uh, which uses some very, very classic hops now called Mosaic and Eldorado. Mosaic, yeah. So the Mosaic hop is a very, uh, it's a very specific flavor and it's wonderful, but that has now been vetted to the point that we're actually going to take that and do it in full production, so it'll be year-round. And I'm, I, I hope I don't break any rules by saying it'll be our first canned beer. Uh, it'll be out in cans. So I'm just saying, don't say that, but this fall, we'll have that in cans. Are you great. talking like the Foster's can, the big old... No, 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 no. 12, 12 ounce uh, cans. Right. Uh, we, I like the small ones. I uh, like it so the beer is cold at the end of the can, then you get another can. If the, yes. if the can's too big, the beer warms up too fast. Yeah. Um, do you have any strict protocols for vetting some of your brews, and, and is there a, uh, a methodology to making sure that when we vet this typical typical hop or, or recipe that we're going through these steps, or is it more, you know what, I did it five times, it's consistent, and that's how we do it? You know, we, we kind of do have, have a methodology, mm -hmm. and what's amazing about being here in Seattle is we're so close to Yakima that we get a lot of hops with numbers on them. They don't have a name. They, it's 5172. And so these are being vetted by the hop growers to us. They give us a hop that they think smells good, that they think might have a use as a new hop in brewing. And maybe it's a one-off clone that just happened to grow in their field, and they, they saw it, and they, they, they grew it a few more times. They grew a few more plants. So a lot of these new hops are done very, very small. So when we get them, there's virtually no supply outside of a few boxes, and we get to play with that. And if we think it's great, it might be a few years before there's actually enough hops um, in, in larger quantity in those fields for us to actually take a beer and, um, and make a lot of it. And at the same time, if there's something that good, 
everybody else wants it too. So so uh, those things once it once it gets a name right. like Mosaic or Eldorado, you know, then then it starts uh, growing in the hop world. So um, that's what's fun. We there, get to play around. Is there an international hop society or an association that sort of um, uh, trademarks or lists certain hops that are, are in, perhaps indigenous or being grown in certain areas? I, I would assume so. A directory or collective? Yeah, yeah. I, would, I would assume so, yeah. And um, how? When, when are hops ripe? I mean, when do they so, harvest hops? So the hops are harvested at the end of the summer. Uh, they're grown on vines, on long trellises. Um, yeah, they're, they're huge. You'll yeah, see them driving huge. through. Yeah, yeah. You through Yakima, you see those big vines. Those are those are hops, and they're harvested usually in August through September, uh, depending on the variety and depending on the microclimate. Interesting. So when you talk about hops, the, the ripeness is all about the terpenes and, uh, and the, oils. the little oils yeah, that come yeah. in that pine yep. cone, yep. and they're related to what family is that? They're they're, ivy? Re- they're related to cannabis. Cannabis. Yes. Yeah. So they're oh. they're a very very close cousin to, to marijuana. Yes. Yeah, close cousin, but and almost as fun. <laughs> well, you know, that's probably why we have the Washington State Liquor and Cannabis Board. Yes. Uh, and thank God it's no hops board because that would be a lot of uh, bureaucracy that we don't need. And um, what's in the future for Elysian? Are you bringing, uh, obviously we got this great party going on, celebrate 20 years. I imagine we'll celebrate 20 more. But uh, what are the plans? Are you going into distilling? Are you going into franchising? Are you? What are you doing? Well, we're, we're, we're building out our brewery in, in Georgetown right now. Uh, that will include a, a barrel room. Um, so we're playing around with uh, both both wine barrels and bourbon barrels and larger fooders. So those are you know big, oh, big yeah. like wine barrels, um, six hundred liter. Yeah, yeah, fifty. Yeah, yeah, like large, large. Fifty, fifty barrel. So. Yeah. Um, 1,500-gallon uh, tanks. We're going to have a little tasting room on the side of that. So we're going to have um, barrel-aged um, products available a lot. Um, we are talking about putting a small distillery there, um, not really for any other thing than just for us to mess around with and have and have fun. We're not, we don't have the grand desire to be a, a, big, a big distillery. We're, we've become a pretty big brewery. We're going to pr- produce 100,000 barrels this year, which is, which is a lot. It's a lot more than I ever thought we'd make. Yeah. Um, we have 280 <laughs> employees with four restaurants. you got to think you know, big, I don't know where we're going to go from here. We've we've done pretty well. I'm pretty excited and, and humbled by it all. It's great. Uh, well, it's very excited to see, um, to listen to you and to meet you, of course, and, and to celebrate Elysian. I mean, we, uh, we're we probably as provincial as any other region in the country and in North America. We like what's homegrown, and um, Elysian is one of those, obviously, joining Red Hook and Pyramid and um, Hales, of course, some of our original, and Hales started in Yakima. Um, when you... You mentioned you worked for Rogue. I did. Early on. And they have a distillery now. They do. They have a few distilleries. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I thought that was quite interesting because I'm on their list, and they gave me a pink peppercorn gin, of all things. And how was it? It was quite delicious. Yeah. Um, very, very delicate, uh, um, ethereal with uh, the peppercorn sort of um, being more prominent than the juniper, which I really appreciate because juniper, you taste it once. Yeah, okay, it's all that way. But um, having that pep- pink peppercorn is really fun. Yeah, I mean, I like the idea of, of distilling. It's you know, I've I've nothing against spirits. I I like I like a nice mixed cocktail. I like a margarita, but but uh, it's it's again, it's a you're little on bit, the right show, buddy. It's a, it's a little bit of bad science. I, uh, the idea of actually, you know, we can take beer out of a barrel and distill it, and it's going to taste like nothing we've ever thought it was it was going to taste like. I think someone distilled some of our porter, and it tasted like tequila. And I was like, that's crazy. Who would have thought? Yeah, that is crazy. And we do a lot of tasting and crazy things on here. Um, what are some of the uh, seasonal beers that you produce? Well, pumpkin we, ale, yeah, you doing that pumpkin we're, thing? Yeah, we're, we're known for the pumpkin thing. So, you know, our great pumpkin beer festival is coming up, and you'll see announcements about that. Um, it's uh, I believe it's Saturday, October 9th. 
Uh, we're still working on some details, um, so I won't I won't give up everything, but it'll be a, a big event. Is there a club or a newsletter you can sign up to be? Just uh, come on to ElysianBrewing.com, uh, and and there's links there, and and uh, get on our email list. Yeah, absolutely. Um, follow us on Facebook. Um, that's like us on Facebook. Right, yeah. That's you know it is social media. That's right. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. What is your uh, Twitter handle? I do not have one. I do have an Instagram. I am I am Bueller David on Instagram. Well, how do we so. follow Elysian on Twitter? Is it at Elysian? I'm just worried. I have too much to say, then I'll embarrass myself. Oh, okay, yeah. I I, I understand the whole Twitter thing. If, you, if you're not on it, you're really not missing it. But if you're on it, you can't be missed. Something like that. Something like um, that. It's like a, a millisecond of fame, <laughs> you, which means your 15 minutes adds up to be a lot longer. Um, so cool. Well, I want to talk more when we come back from this break about the party. I want to talk about some of the food menus that you have at your um, illustrious locations and some of the happy hour stuff because uh, this is happy hour radio after all. And what is the what is one of your favorite beers that you you know you, say, you know what my desert island beer from Elysian is going to be. Immortal IPA. Immortal IPA. Absolutely. Yeah. Is that the one that's got uh, 150 bittering units? No, IBUs, it's or the, what is it's, it? It's, it's the easy-to-drink IPA. It's uh, 6.3% alcohol, ABV. It's not that hoppy. It's probably 50 IBU. Uh, it's classic. It's got a little Amarillo in it. Um, it's not overly hoppy. It's one of those beers that you can drink one, and then you want to have another one. I like so it. Good for the island. If that's, you have enough of it. Okay, very send, good. Send the container in. Then, that's right. And you got that uh, passing ship in the night. It's not going to rescue you. They're going to get uh, capsized and send over. Are you uh, distributed in all of the United States or North America or where? We are in a bunch of the United States. We're actually expanding right now. So we've been in the Northwest, Washington, Oregon, Alaska, Idaho, Montana for a while, but we've opened up California and Arizona and Nevada. Uh, we're in British Columbia. Um, so you will you can find us if you're out there in the other world. The other Look world. in your store and see up if there, we're North, there. Eh? You'll see Space Dust coming soon. Awesome. Well, stick around, folks. We're going to have a little more beer, a little more fun with David Bueller here on Happy Hour Radio. A Northwest original, Lars Larson, live weekdays, noon to 3, Talk Radio 570, KVI. KVI Want to Know Weekends continue. Now, back to Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. All right, it's a great Saturday night here in uh, Happy Hour Radio. That's like Japanese style, right? Happy. Yeah, we're talking about beer with my pal David Bueller, co-founder of Elysium Brewing. We're talking about uh, pumpkin ale, space dust, and saison poivre. Um, I had a, just poured me a second glass of the space dust IPA. Delicious, uh, I love it, and I'm feeling it. And this is a good thing. You were talking about pumpkin stuff, and um, I, I admit I'm not a big fan of the pumpkin beer, but you were telling me a great story offline. Um, you have this pumpkin festival, and it's in. Uh, you actually have a chance to weigh. You guys are the. Uh, what are you? You're the great we, pumpkin master, or something. Well, we we now we now sponsor the Washington State Pumpkin Weigh-offs. So, these are the largest pumpkins grown in Washington State, and we choose the best ones, and then we fill them with beer. Um, a secondary fermentation, we tap them at our pumpkin festival every year. And these are these are thousand pound pumpkins that you have to use a forklift to move and, and yeah. we scorch the inside with a, with a blowtorch. And every year we change the beer that's inside them, but it's it's become quite the quite the party. Awesome. And uh, who would, would have ever thought? I mean, I could see it filled with candy. Obviously, that makes sense. A jack o' lantern, but. Uh, you call it the the burial lantern, I well, guess. It started kind of as a joke, as all some great things do. We we brewed night owl, um, brewed a, our thousandth 
anniversary beer at Capitol Hill was was a double night owl, which became the Great Pumpkin. And then DeCantwell brewed a batch of it the next year for the Great American Beer Festival, and the beer showed up a little bit low in fermentables because of the pumpkin puree, so we had to brew a third beer. And at that point, you know, with three pumpkin beers, we joked that maybe we should have a pumpkin fest, and then we also joked that maybe we should fill a pumpkin and do a secondary fermentation <laughs> and tap it. And we thought that was so hilarious and stupid that we had to do it. Ten years later, 80 pumpkin beers on tap from all over the world, and, and we'll probably have 8,000 people there this oh, year. Oh, really? So yeah. you celebrate the world of pumpkin beer. Everyone, yeah. We've gotten more brewers to brew pumpkin beer than probably anyone else, and I don't know if that's a badge of honor or, or people should be mad at us, but a lot of breweries have brewed their first pumpkin beer just for our event. Oh, so fun. Well, we'll look forward to the fall after this world-class summer we're going to have, I'm sure. Um, you're talking about the uh, 20th anniversary party, which will be held at Seattle Center July, uh, June 11th, uh, noon to 9, uh, LeesandBrewing.com gets you tickets. But um, you also handed me a couple CDs, compact discs. Um, and this is the, obviously the new vinyl, uh, or the old vinyl, but um, you're a musician. Tell me about this. Yeah, I am. Uh, um, I've been playing music my whole life. Um, always played guitar and percussion and started recording my own music about six years ago. And, and Seattle is such a great city uh, with so many great musicians that I've been able to work with some of the best. Uh, I've got Wayne Horvitz and Skerrick on my first album. I work with Scott Law um, out of Portland who plays with Phil Lesh. And then I'm recording an album right now with Jeff Fielder, Keith Lowe, and Denali Williams. Shout out to those guys. Jeff is on tour with Mark Lanigan in England, but these guys rock. And Seattle is one of those towns that you can pick up the phone and, and call a world-class player. Player, and they'll actually show up and play with you. I love it. And uh, that was making me think, obviously, you're a musician, and I was looking at Space Dust. Um, it made me think of uh, Space Oddity. And I'm wondering, will you ever do some tribute beers? Have you made a Seahawks brew or a Sounders beer? Or You know, we've been approached for a number of things. And if it's the right if it's the right thing with the, with the right people, meaning they have our energy and it goes for the right cause, we're not just going to do something to sell a few more boxes. But if it's a cool idea uh, with a cool name, we're, we're, we're we're in. We'd love to do that. We've had a couple real clunkers come to us that people think it's the greatest thing in the world. I won't bring them up because no, that's not fair. But it's like mm, not Wait, the one best, man's not treasure the, is another man's. Yeah, but Wait. it's our brewery, so we can decide yes. what we want to do. Oh, so fun. Well, I've had the best time chatting up. And um, what are the hours? You have a menu there. Um, I'm looking at you have a happy hour at Elysian. Is this just spe specific for one location? So or we all? have some happy hours at all our locations. We have four. So it's going to be hard for me to chop each one up. And so I'm going to say go online at elysianbrewing.com and you can check <laughs> our menus out. But each of our places have a different menu. We are not cookie cutter in any way. So if you go to Cap Hill, it's more an American brew pub. If you go to Tangletown, it's a little more of an outdoor bistro. Uh, Legion Fields, of course, is right by the stadium, so it's a little more of an event-driven American bar, right? Yeah, come and, in, load up, and yeah, go get a burger, or get a you know steak sandwich, you know, and and you know a couple beers to go to the game, right? And we'll do it fast and furious because people want to get in and get out and go watch their, their, their players play. And then Elysian Bar is, is upscale. So we've got a, a great a great group of guys just putting out some fabulous food. So. I'm looking at the menu here. You've got uh, beef ravioli. You've got house-cut fries, which I think are a staple. Um, beer not pretzels sounds great. Pork riettes. Penko mussels, wild boar bratwurst, and truffle beer poutine. Now, that's a Canadian thing. 
well, you know, who can who can fight with truffle beer poutine? <laughs> that sounds pretty good right now. It is really good, and so is your beer. David Bueller, co-founder of Elysian Brewing, thanks so much for sharing the story, and of course, happy anniversary, June 11th. Thanks for coming on Happy oh, Hour thank Radio. Thank you so much for having me, Christopher. really hey, appreciate the time. Awesome, and um, I appreciate the beers. Of course, this is Happy Hour Radio. you got to check out ElysianBrewing.com for your tickets to next weekend's uh, 20th anniversary party at the Seattle Center. It's going to be cool. It's going to be um, fun. And, uh, and you can buy those tickets at any of our bars as well. Oh, yeah. So, uh, you know, skip Ticketmaster. No charge, no extra fees. Go right to Elysian Bar. Have a burger, a pretzel, and a beer and get your tickets. Hey, I'll see you out there next weekend at uh, the 20th anniversary. So, folks, remember, um, when you're out and about, take an Uber because life is always better with the designated driver. Cheers. Cheers.